Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Here are Bobby following the quarantine rules, safe and at home. And the captain of Keeping It Real is here once again, Jake Russell. Jake, how are you? What up, though? Make sure y'all staying y'all ass home, staying safe, staying healthy, being stinky or whatever you got to, whatever you got to do, or whatever. Don't be stinky like me. Anyway, <laughs> thus saith the captain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good to see you guys once again, Jake. I'm glad you're still you're still kicking. Um, we have a special guest with us today, though. We want to, I want to get her into this conversation early. We have the imp- improviser, very funny, very talented, Tess Hannah with us today. Tess, how hey, are you? Hey, y'all. Yeah. I'm over here yeah. stinking it up quarantine style, you know. Yeah. The best part about working from home is you don't have to shower. <laughs> you just got to wash the face and the hair. That's all you got to do. If you have a, that's, if you, that's if you have a video meeting that requires video. Yeah. Pants are not required anymore for work. It's true. It's it's all, all Donald Duck all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well done. Oh. <laughs> I am glad we got Tess in the conversation early. This is going to be fun. So, <laughs> so Tess, I, I know you're a big wrestling fan, but I want to get a, like, dig a little bit deeper. So when did you start watching wrestling? Can you give us some background? Like who was your favorite? Who, like what, what attracted you to wrestling? Well, I liked it when I was really young, when I remember like WrestleMania 10 maybe happened in Indiana around my birthday one year, and I really wanted to go, but it was not taken seriously, so I did not get to go, but that would have been some some Hulk Hogan, you know, just just like the show, the, spect- the spectacle of it all, really exciting to me as a young child, and then I forgot about it forever. Then I had some friends um, that got into it and had me come over and start watching Raw with them, so... Like I was a big fan of Lita when she was when she was hot. That's kind of when I dove back in, and then I kind of fell away from it again. And then about seven years ago, I I, I dove back in hard, you know. And I like to mark out in all kinds of ways, not just WWE style, but um, well now with AEW, um, big Ring of Honor fan was I was dragged into that and really loved it. And I get down with some New Japan, so, you know. Wow. I'll watch it all. Yeah. Yeah, Tess loaned me, like, so many videos I have to go through. It's been getting me through the quarantine. Like, all these great pay-per-views and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're we're doing the old school tape trading. It's awesome. Yeah. Dude, you gotta like. I've been, I've been wanting to watch. You mentioned those DVDs that she gave you from New Japan. I've been wanting to watch those since you told me about them, and now you're gonna watch them when I can't even come over. So you're on my shit list. Let me tell you that. <laughs> you need to put them in your, like your DVD player and share your screen via Zoom and let me watch. Okay, okay. Down. You know what? I just did start watching recently was Ashka's um, YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh yeah. But you to watch it. It's very silly and if you're a fan of her like it's just her doing really mundane stuff but you're just like you can't help but love it because i just like her so much so she's like putting up a tent in her backyard and you're like this is great (laughs) (laughs) oh my god 
during her like her now tag team run and her them allowing her just to be herself mm-hmm. has been incredible. She's so fun to watch, even when yeah. she's not in the ring. The shit she's doing, fucking with Michael Cole, doing all that great stuff is it's the kind of performer we need when there's no absolutely no audience, you know, yeah. because someone's got to bring the outside energy inside, you know, to the match. And mm-hmm. she is crushing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I am a huge fan of Asuka and the Kabuki Warriors. I, I love it because, like, I feel like Asuka's going to have another big moment in the future once she gets – once I hope the Kabuki Warriors, like, have, a, like, a long run because I love that team. Yep. But once it's all said and done, Asuka's going to have another big boom because she, like, like Becky Lynch, like a lot of the other superstars, refuses to not be, like, well, quote-unquote, over. Like, she refuses to not – she's going to do what she does, and people are going to love it because she is that, just that damn good. Yep. And I just cannot wait for that moment when, like, the crowd gets behind her like they did for Colby or like they did for Becky. And mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be so much fun to watch the women's division at that point in time. But For real. And, but, I mean, it's fun to watch now. I mean, Charlotte and, uh, and uh, Rhea Ripley had a great match. Or, oh, yeah. that was great. Yeah. Bob and I had a long debate about how to pronounce her first name. And <laughs> I don't know if I did it right just then or not, but I had to stop and think about it again. <laughs> um, so, growing up, you, I mean, you liked Lita. Uh, when you started watching it again, though, in like, in like 11, like, mm-hmm. who did you like then? Does anybody stick out, stick out to you? Um, that's when I first, uh, was clued into Kevin Steen, um, in Ring of Honor at that time. Just like his energy was like, just his heel character in Ring of Honor is so good. Um, so I just feel like, and when he finally came over to, um, to WWE and everything, he still maintained, even though that's not his name anymore or what he changed his name, he still maintained that. So I just really liked him right away. Um, he's the only one coming to my mind right now. I don't know why. I'm no, he was a huge name. Like I remember when I moved back, I was living in Japan for a while. When I moved back, uh, we got Ring of Honor on cable, mm-hmm. and I used to DVR it. And like he was a big star on there at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's about the, this is roughly the same. Well, this is 2012 or so, but um, but yeah, he was really good. So then I started like, doing all the YouTube like video montages of like Kevin uh, Kevin Steen's. 102 greatest moves or something. Yeah. He had so many moves. And I'm just waiting for that one WrestleMania where he does a package power power driver. (laughs) And it's just going to be awesome. Uh, If they ever let him do it. Because I think they're right now. Did you read that article of what he wanted to do for this WrestleMania? But because the location got switched, he couldn't do it. I don't know anything about baseball. But apparently it was supposed to take place in a baseball uh, stadium of some sort and it built into the baseball stadium is that pirate ship that's why there was all that pirate nonsense in the beginning of wrestlemania oh yeah it's gonna yeah. be the buccaneer stadium i think i guess they're i guess the tampa bay manta rays play there too i didn't know that so he did the spot in wrestlemania off the wrestlemania sign he was supposed to do the same exact spot but off of a pirate ship and he was so bummed he's like man i've I've been thinking about this for months, jumping off a pirate ship into a table, and it's going to be dope. And then, you know, life happens. I don't know how that would – I'd have to see the stadium again because I remember where the pirate ship was kind of built into the side of it, but that was like the crowd area. I don't remember any part of it going anywhere near the field. That would have been a hell of a jump. <laughs> of course, it was, 
It was no DQ, I guess, so they could have moved closer to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He had a self-walk the plank. Huh. That'd be interesting. Well, um, in other news, sad news, actually, sadder than quarantine, Howard Finkel passed away. And I just wanted to pay my respects to the, to the greatest ring announcer of all time and all the new champions and tag team champions that he talked about. Like, that's just sad. It's just so sad that he's gone. He was the uh, very, very first employee of WWF. Yeah. Him and Ming Jean were like the boys, you know, like that. When I think of like when we played the WrestleMania games and stuff like that going up and like he, he's just such an iconic voice. So he's really going to be missed because, you know, it's, yeah, it's part of my childhood, man. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, all due respect to Lillian Garcia and Gary Michael Patella and, uh, yeah, what his name was? Yeah. And who, I don't know, Todd Matthews or whoever else the other announcers have been, but Howard Finkel is like the bar, the measuring bar, man. He was, he was amazing. So he will be sadly missed. As will all of the layoffs that they had this week. How about that? Yeah. I mean, Florida just said baseball and wrestling is uh, a necessity for the uh, quality of life in their state. So they can keep doing shows as long as there's no audience. But we still get the layoffs, which is shocking. I just uh, – AEW is going to – I'm not defending the move, move because I don't want to see anybody lose their job. I wonder if it's a thing where they still have to keep the numbers inside the, the arena down so it, maybe they can get unemployment if they're laid off. I hope. I don't know. Uh, but I know I think AJ Styles or, or another pro wrestler made a great observation like make sure you fans go out there and buy their 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 stuff, buy their shirts. Um, if they're on that uh, cameo, you know, throw them 50 bucks and have a conversation with someone you respect. Uh, Cause we have, we have to take care of each other now. So yeah, it sucks. And, and I hope, I hope it's like a, a temporary thing and everybody, everything gets back to normal, get, get their job back. And you know, they're, they're fine in the meantime. No, some of the people I feel like they were thinking about, there was like trying to get rid of them for a while, but like, I was just shocked. Yeah. Like, Rusev, like, I don't know. I think that was more Rusev than them. Um, last I'd heard, he wanted out. But oh, really? Okay, that makes me feel him. a little better. <laughs> yeah, about the same time that, like, uh, I think Sasha was talking about leaving, and he was one of them too because he was he hadn't he wasn't very happy. And then they did the big Lana. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you, I was at the WrestleMania that he came out on a tank at, and like that. <laughs> That's that was amazing. Uh, he he hadn't lost in like a year. Like, when's the last time anybody did that? He was like that. Rusev was great. I loved that presentation with him and Lana. Um, the one jumping out of a cake and beating up Bobby Lashley is not my favorite, but he's going to be great wherever he goes. He's he's a funny guy and he's very he's extremely extremely good wrestler. So, oh yeah, the. Good Brothers were also very funny guys, and I'm glad they got to be in the Boneyard match and make that movie at WrestleMania before they left. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. New Japan is going to have a hell of a fun time with those guys again if they go back to the Bullet Club because they were like the original founders of it. Or AEW. That would be an interesting choice, too. Uh, I would like to see those guys over there. Yeah. 
I mean, I liked I liked the OC. I liked the fact that they were try- finally giving these guys like the stage to be good because mm-hmm. I feel like they they came in and they were like the hottest tag team, not associated with the WWE, and then for some unknown reason they just lost all the time, all and, the time. And then oh. they got po- they made themselves popular via YouTube and like the WWE Network. So then they got some boost here and there but it should, i think like the ball was dropped there and if they're not already in, under some kind of agreement for 90 days and then as soon as that's up they're going to be hired again hopefully for more money then i would expect to see them in aew or new japan very, yeah. very soon. yeah well i'm trying to think anybody else got anything that's happened recently they want to talk about Ooh, no life at home Pretty boring. <laughs> no, all, all that's happening at home is watching some old school wrestling. So let's get to it. All right, let's get to it. Raw before WrestleMania 2000. It was on March 27th in the year 2000. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we start off, this is in the McMahon Helmsley era, but it's kind of at the, I don't know, the tail end of like the first big run that this mcmahon helmsley kind of duo had and the whole entire mcmahon family is now on television mm-hmm. and i i, I want to bring this up at the beginning because it's you know we do these raw shows now to kind of get some of the story in the background so wrestlemania shows can be shorter and we can just talk about what we saw at the wrestlemania and not have to explain everything but there's so much to explain about this mcmahon family <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a complicated one I mean, that's why this feud runs on for a couple of years because there's so much to unpack. Vince loves putting his family through this. And I think it speaks to his like megalomaniacal, you know, self-image. But what I want to know is in the year 2000, what other like, were the Osbournes popular? I can't remember because they would not stop saying this is the most dysfunctional family on television. I was like, who are y'all competing with? What what other family is on television that you want to be more dysfunctional than? Like, I don't know. That is a very good question. Bobby is usually our uh, year background investigator, but oh, we wait until... I think it would be the Osborns. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that would be it. Uh... Yeah, because the Hogan show doesn't happen for a a couple more years after that, 2004, I believe. So, yeah, I think it would be those guys. I I thought maybe they were trying to capitalize on that or something. I don't know, but I was just like... Not Desperate Housewives, but like the real housewives of blank blank happen. And that's... I feel like this is too early for that. I don't know, but it was wild. They were so, they're so into that. And um, I'm kind of well, here for Stephanie through all of it. Really? You're on She's the Stephanie side. She's cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do love Stephanie McMahon a lot, but I feel like she's like coming into her own, like I loved when she like gave this really, you know, sassy grin at Vince or something. She's like, yeah, it's fine, Mom, who I really hate is Dad. I just, I just loved it. All right. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that like she had some, she was the, this was like the time when she became like a much better TV personality. And yeah. she, she, you could tell she, she got it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually like her style that she did during this episode and how she talks now. Cause now it sounds like she's doing an impersonation of Vince. With the, oh, everybody welcome to Raw. I'm a lady. <laughs> like, this is the one at least she's, she's, she's got the right, she's delivering the lines well. She's using her own voice. She's her own character. Yeah. I, you know who I really felt bad? For uh, Linda McMahon coming out to the old Coliseum music. Uh, now, that is the original <laughs> WrestleMania theme music, damn it. And it is classic and classy, like Linda McMahon. <laughs> you should feel bad. No, that, that was some weak ass music to come out to. I'm sorry. Yeah. She's the matriarch of the McMahon family. Write a song for her. <laughs> when, when I came on, music though. When, when I came on, I thought I was watching the wrong thing on the WWE <laughs> network. <laughs> so I was watching the wrong shit. Like, no, yeah. man, like that's like the original. Like, I like her coming out to that music because that's like the it's like a, the the nod to the company, you know. Like the, it's like that's the original WrestleMania music, man. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could update it, but still. That's always been her to theme music. Just like if you change like the No Chance in Hell that Vince McMahon comes out to. I would, you got to keep it the same. Nah, okay. But regardless of the theme song, I actually felt, I feel bad for Linda. And that's what I mean by Vince just loves putting his family through this. She seems so stiff and uncomfortable. And like, I get it. And of course she's a willing participant, but like underneath what she's putting out there, I don't think she wants to be there. And I'm just like, Oh God, I don't know. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. She is not like yeah. she's got a great boardroom conversation voice. She's the person you want leading a board meeting, explaining everything very clearly, not getting in any bullshit. But as far as when it comes to like talking to an an arena full of screaming people, that that ain't her cup of tea. Really, mm-hmm. it's not where her talent lies. She is she is a CFO for a reason. Mm-hmm. I actually recall her um, like not being being able to um, sell a stunner like the rest of her family. <laughs> she really can't. It's yeah, pretty terrible. She, she, first one, though. <laughs> you said what? Why would she and why should she? You know, like, can't we just have one big man with respect? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but it was pretty terrible when it happened, but that's 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 years away from from this raw but yeah All right, we're gonna have to do like a, a video make a video and then just do like a, an episode where we just compare the different stunners that different mcmahon's took at a time <laughs> just side by side and just see who did the best and the worst because mcmahon's first one where he just kind of like fell and then shook like he had been hit with a taser because i think he thought that it was actually like a stunner like a stun gun uh that was that was the worst one. Ever. He probably did that on purpose, like to show all the other wrestlers, like this is how you're supposed to sell it. This is how you do it. <laughs> that electricity is going through your body. It stuns you. This is how you're supposed to do it. And then he saw it on actually on TV. and was like, ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, so after oh, shit. twenty-two minute uh, interview session between all the McMahons building up for their main event at WrestleMania where every McMahon has their own chosen wrestler 
in a corner, and it's going to be a four-way elimination match for the WWF title, and therefore giving said McMahon the most power in the family. Um, we get to our first match. And we have, in this match, we have China, who has been away for a little while, teaming up with Chris Jericho to take on um, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. RIP to everybody in the match except Jericho. Right? I, yeah. I wrote that down. I was like, oh, they're all dead except for Cool Dad. Cool oh, shit. Dad. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like and China looks so good. I just, it like made my heart sing to see her looking on top of her game. She looked like a million bucks. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked about this, Tess. I mean, can you imagine if she was still around the storylines, she could have had all these amazing female performers. Not yeah. that the, the, the Dubas weren't, weren't amazing performers, but they were never allowed to do the things they do now, like headline in WrestleMania. Right. You know, I, I think a, a match, her versus Nia Jax, would be incredible. You know? mm. Totally the most physically strong females out there, just climbing heads would be incredible. And she would have such a cool role, like like a fabulous moolah kind of role, like like a mentor and a, someone paving the way for all this really cool stuff. Yeah, she she um, it's a shame that she parted ways and then had such a turbulent uh, downfall. I guess because she's she's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I love about her is even even during this match. They never refer to her as just a woman or anything. Like she's the ninth wonder of the world. She's a like they they actually treat her with some respect, which Absolutely. was rare during that era. And she was something to be feared because she was so fierce. She had such a great presence. Yeah. And they never. I I I like that how they never fucked with that. It was great. Right. Such an equal, like just an equal contender and opponent, and yeah. I love that. Okay. I'm a, I, we'll leave it at that. I'm 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 not gonna say anything bad about China. <laughs> I thought she, I thought she I thought she actually did look great, and I and I do agree. Like the presentation they did was like I think that's the best it's been explained. An equal, and I think that was why it worked so well. And and, and the crowd loved her. They were all about it. So the bazooka cannon and everything. Um, Personally, I was a bigger fan of the three guys in this match that because just because at the time they had come over and like I'd been a fan of all those guys when they were in WCW and now they're getting like a chance to like you know be on be work for the company they all really wanted to work for in the first right. place and uh, I was a huge Chris Benoit fan, a huge Chris Jericho fan, and never get tired of watching Eddie Guerrero uh, and both the and Benoit and Guerrero just looked fucking vicious, man. They were yeah. jacked. And seeing those three guys in a match together, I don't recall many opportunities to see mm -hmm. Benoit, Guerrero, and Jericho in a match at one time. Um, can I can I pause real quick and ask, yeah. did you all watch the the Vice Dark Side of the Ring that just came out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just watched it uh, last week. But that was that was good. That was intense. And I feel like Chris Jericho is responsible for that, I think. Um, yeah. It was good. So anyway, we watched that recently. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I did it too. Like Bob kept saying that it came out and it was really good. And I was just, I don't want to watch like some just thing that just trash, like, you know, it just. Yeah. yeah. Another, it was like, good. I, we all know. It, it was, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. 
no, I was just saying, um, yeah, I don't really it, it was a real good watch. I don't and I normally don't tear up at too much stuff, but I like I was I was tearing up on that one. That was that was that was oh my god, man. It was so sad. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. It's a good watch. And I liked um and I just liked how I liked liked how Chris Jericho was just trying to like like, you know, pay pay at least still pay despite what happened, what Ben Wild did, just try to pay on proper respects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um yeah. but he didn't, but one thing Chris uh, Jericho didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't pay him respects during a match in on his raw because he caught he called him Chris Benoit, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. the Chris Benoit line. Like my friend, I had a friend in high school who used to listen. He would crack up, hysterically like, laugh every time that joke was made. Like Benoit, and he would he would always say Benoit because he he was a big Jericho fan. But he just thought that was the funniest thing ever. Well, and Chris Jericho, I love how he is always so thoroughly his cool dad self, looking so blonde, explaining his jokes. He's, <laughs> he's so great. He's so great. <laughs> the cool I, Does he have a YouTube show with the cool dad, Chris Jericho? Is that? I, I don't know. This, I, this is just what I've been calling him for a couple of years now. I honestly can't remember where it started. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. it fits. Yeah, no, it like, fits. It fits so well it, that I, I feel like exactly I've heard it before. Meant. Like, yeah, cool man. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it would be like if you're at someone's house, like watching or playing video games, and cool dad walks in, says something <laughs> stupid, explains the joke to you because you two idiots are too dumb to get it, and walks out to the fridge and gets himself a beer, and that's mm -hmm. the last you hear of them. And then you just look at each other like, what just happened? Well, that happened. That's yeah. what. <laughs> but then this match at the end, it went crazy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I, I kind of liked the finish. It was, you know, like all tag team matches are going to kind of break down, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is part of the fun. But I thought they did a real good job with everyone was trying to distract the referee in different ways, and then all of a sudden. I've never seen that uh, the the move where Guerrero just grabbed uh, Jericho's legs when he was doing the lion salt and just pulled him out from under him. So he landed on the back of his head and then they got the quick pin. I thought that was genius. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the brawl, I, I, they're really building up like the match that Guerrero is going to face China um, in a different tag team match at WrestleMania when he teams up with the other radicals, uh, Malenko and Saturn. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be teaming up with two cool um, and then we have been, but the two Chris's Jericho and Benoit are going to be taking on Kurt Angle in a, I guess, oh, well, actually it's a two fall match, but it's for each and each title that Kurt Angle has. We'll get to that later, but I thought they did a great job kind of building up the route, the individual rivalries they had. And yeah, I just, I, I, I was a big fan of this match. Actually. I thought it did a great job for a go, like, you know, building up to the WrestleMania. Um, after that, I think, was, is, there, there was an interview with McMahon where now we have the main event is The Rock versus The Big Show and Shane. But McMahon, Vince McMahon, I'm sorry. i got to name all of them now. First name. <laughs> Vince McMahon says that it's going to be him and The Rock versus Shane and The Big Show. No, no at this point, he just wanted it to be him and Shane. And then we, get, we, get, we, we, we learned that throughout the, the, the night. And he just went... Uh, I want to take on Shane because in a couple of segments later, they talk to Shane. He's like, oh, 
yeah, I'd fight my dad, not tonight. And then everything gets kind of worked out. That, yep, you're right. Jumped the gun. Spoiled it. Sorry. That's all right. Well, it's too confusing anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep it simple. There's a lot to, to go through here, man. <laughs> you know what wasn't simple? The hardcore oh, match that hardcore we had. Hardcore title, right? <laughs> oh, man. The yeah. 24-7 belt? <laughs> yeah, the original 24-7 belt, the hardcore title now, um, has become just kind of a almost a comedy spot, but it's so violent at times. You're like, yeah, that's not really funny. <laughs> People are bleeding. There's not much comedy in that. Um, uh, there's a lot of comedy yeah. in Crash Holly coming out of the ring with a fucking scale. <laughs> just carrying a scale. <laughs> okay. I, I do want to bring this up because I loved Bob Holly and his cousin, his little cousin Crash as a tag team. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, I mean, they, they were the, I think they got the tag team championships just like as a transition for like a weekend or something. So they could, you know, lose them on Raw to somebody else. But I really wish that tag team had gotten a, like a, little more attention because I thought they were amazing. They had like the look and they were both like these egomaniacs who were like delusional because they both claimed to be super heavyweights weighing allegedly well over 400 pounds each and and crash would. Yeah. Like you said, Jake, I love crash would always carry the scale, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Bob, I'm a big Bob Holly fan or hardcore Holly fan and uh, crash Holly. Like he was great as he is. I think the most iconic hardcore champion that WWF ever had. All right? You may disagree. Right. No, no, they're great. They're great. Uh, and honestly, this is fun. I'm glad this, this was short because <laughs> I don't think it would it would have been as fun if it lasted any longer than it did. So I think I think the length of this segment was perfect. Uh, there there was a lot, a lot of great high spots as they introduced new characters like uh, the the Mean Street Posse fighting each other. Um, you know, Dick's boys, uh, and, <laughs> and then I really liked it when uh, Fuji r- tried to put on a rough shirt, so you know, to become the referee, so he can you know tap. Right. No, that yeah, when Fun- yeah, Funaki took on the took yeah. the referee. Yeah, it was fantastic. I love the kind oh. tie, the kind tie getting in, and they were great. So this is like a really great example of if this is true, what else is true? And they they really stuck to it, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it and again thank god it was short because if we would have kept on going they would have they would have went all the way around and just gotten blamed uh, so i think they did perfect i just want to say um just, just <laughs> i just think it's always hilarious watching bob holly and crash holly like fight it's just hilarious like like my like i just when i watch them fight i just see like scooby-doo trying to beat scrappy dude's ass or some shit. <laughs> yes. Like yes, it's like the yeah, it's like the, the two yeah. brothers like the big brother and little brother's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> like yeah. whatever crash does like the big brother's like shut the fuck up. Yeah. 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 I really enjoy that shit. Yeah, I remember when uh Crash had a like a brief interaction or rivalry with um I think it was Jericho and he called him Elroy Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> He do look like Elroy. Yeah, just like Elroy. Like Elroy <laughs> he, like I do remember that. He was like, 
Jetson. At least we all know what happened to Elroy Jetson now. Now you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Uh, no, the best I line think ever. Jericho may be the funniest wrestler. He might be. And he's, he is easily becoming like much larger than wrestling, just like Flair and Hogan and a few, and a, you know, a very, very short. Oh, list. yeah. Yeah. I would love to go on that Jericho cruise one year. Well, 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 after all this shit's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you don't want to get quarantined with Jericho? <laughs> You know, if you got quarantined on a boat full of like all the pro rock, all the greatest pro wrestlers in the world, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever, right? They had like a full bar and casino on there. I mean, hmm. he's, he's a living legend, cool dad. And we went to Winnipeg a couple years ago and we were like, why is there no cool dad or Chris Jericho like statue? Like, come on, he needs one. Why doesn't the city like, have anything to a monument to him because he's an icon yeah he needs a 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 fist downtown in winnipeg <laughs> like joe they lewis got down around here. winnipeg he's at what jericho he needs a wall yes. a wall or he needs a yeah yeah get a jericho wall <laughs> now i was picturing more like a rocky rocky statue like in philly but just of jericho yeah, oh, yeah. i'm sincere i was like mm. where is it. Or they did a big old sign that says Winnipeg is Jericho or Ross <laughs> Jericho or something like that. Yeah, on the water oh, tower, but- just home of Chris Jericho. <laughs> I think that's what him, yeah. that's how the Kenny Omega and, and Chris Jericho rivalry started uh, via Twitter. Something about Omega, somebody said Omega was the best wrestler out of Winnipeg ever. And then they, wow. and then they, they kayfabed everybody, making it look like it was a real fight on Twitter. And then he went on New Japan out of the audience and bloodied up Omega way back when. And that's how everything got started. Winnipeg has produced some of the best wrestlers of all time. Sure. I'm trying to, uh, Lance Storm, Chris Jericho. No, wait, Lance Storm was Calgary, wasn't he? Hmm. Anyway, Canada in general. Canada in general. Great wrestler. All of my favorite wrestlers have always been Canadian, and, and I didn't realize that till I was much older. But weird thing, uh, weird thing. When Rikishi is asked on his way to the ring about how what his <laughs> comments on his match against the Road Dog, my ass in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I, I guess it was supposed to be like a, a like a play on words with like that old joke, like I got a match for you my ass in your face or something like that right i think so no your face and my ass my buddy taylor said that to my mom one time and we all lost our shit on him <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> <laughs> we were all watching wrestling and she came in and she's like something about a match and he's like i got a match and he said it and like he kind of just forgot who he was talking to, you know, like he wasn't paying attention and he said it and she goes, Taylor. And I, I, six of us were just like, just throwing shit at him. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it, Taylor. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's the funny part that was, about that. It was a fun match. I miss watching X-Pac wrestle. Um, yeah. 
but with what we're doing now, seeing another man stick in their ass in another man's face, it's kind of disturbing. Well, it was kind of, kind of disturbing then, really disturbing now. <laughs> it's just such like a like a like a weak gag move. That's like, okay, cool. I would love to see Rikishi do some other things too. But oh, that's like the thing. I'm like, cool. Can we move on from this? I don't know. Yeah. But I sound yeah, I like a party pooper. I, no, I, I, no, I, I, I no, never no. really. I mean, like, I think it was it was ridiculously popular at the time, but um, but Rikishi was a badass wrestler. Like the bonsai drop was great. Like paying homage to his cousin, you know, Yoko, and um, but I think it's not as funny when he talks about it. Yeah, like, if it's something you do to humiliate somebody, and it's just something you do, but like you don't really acknowledge the fact that it's. What you're actually, I don't know. Like when you, my goal was to stick my asshole in this guy's face. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Who are you as a person? <laughs> you know, you kind of just lose the character there, you know? Right. Um, but, Jake, I wanted to get your opinion on the Road Dogs rap. Oh, his rap. Oh, it was, <laughs> it, it was corny. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I mean, you know, I mean, it's good to get the crowd high, but you know, I feel like the, I feel like the corniest thing of a white guy being urban try, could say is uh, two tears in a bucket. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 two tears in the bucket suck it like you know it's just i i just i can just picture like a like a white basement rapper saying that on a song or something like two tears in the bucket fuck it so like like i don't know it felt very fred dursty yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> but i'm a road what dog fan i love road dog. all right let's make a list <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ducats, uh, um, ruckus. I don't know, whatever. But um, sun kissed. No, wait, that doesn't. Sun kissed. No, I think the coolest person I heard say two tears in a bucket was Method Man, and then that was it. I really, I really didn't want to hear anybody else say it. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was corny. It was corny, but you know. I still liked it because you know it's Road Dog. Road Dog's cool, and um, I probably liked it back then. Whatever. He was probably getting me in trouble in middle school saying, um, "Yo ass better call somebody." Like saying that shit, getting in trouble <laughs> in school. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I liked it. But yeah, it was corny. Retrospect, it was corny. I posted that link to the. There was a a series of videos or something about a kid uh, with a kid getting in trouble. It was like an interview with a kid. Like, what did you tell your parent? What did you tell your teacher? I told her to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And it, oh, was like, man. it was like a bunch of different kids, like being interviewed by like 2020 or something. Like they were all just telling their teachers to suck it. Oh yeah. We were saying that too. We, we sound suck it. We was in a hallway telling, telling the other students to suck it. It was crazy. It's fucking, yeah. It was, it was a crazy time. It was a fun time <laughs> to tell people to suck it. There's like this one kid from like Mississippi was like, "I, that's not like I'm gonna pull out my penis 
and just like <laughs> it's just something you say. <laughs> it's just like this is like a serious interview. I'm not gonna pull out. He's like ten. I'm not gonna pull out my penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man, it was a fun yeah, time, man. Serious. Like late nineties, early two thousands. Like nobody gave a fuck. It was great. There was this one teacher in my school who like um he like like she actually kind of like laughed sometimes when we did that, but then one time this um this guy uh in the class this older kid he didn't do his homework and she got mad at him and she and and he was like well what was the homework and she was about to tell him what the homework was and then he was like it doesn't matter what the homework was. <laughs> And then she got super pissed. She got extremely <laughs> pissed at that. That's awesome. So she okay. didn't get mad at Sucky, but she got mad at it doesn't matter. But yeah. That that's the best. That is okay, that's the best. That is uh, I wish I could have been in that classroom. <laughs> that was so funny though. I was I don't think I don't think I ever laughed that hard. And I laughed at a lot of shit. I don't think I laughed harder than that in 1999 or 2000 or whatever the fuck that was he started saying that shit that was funny as hell yeah. well yeah. yeah what match are we on <laughs> yeah we digress there was a rock interview that i'm sure it was fantastic and then um oh yeah that was a good promo i know that uh, it's like boring to just keep saying like oh but they look so young it's 20 years ago but like I like just loved seeing everybody look th like their younger selves. And I was like, oh, The Rock has hair and he's so small. <laughs> yeah, that, he, he is small compared to now. Right, because now he is like twice, yeah. three times that size. But he looks yeah. great. Yeah, he, he is just jacked now. He is just a huge dude. Um, yeah. But he was like 200, what? I don't know. They booked him, I think billed him at 245. So let's say 220 something. Sure. Which is not a small man at all. No, but comparatively, I mean, how much do you think he weighs now? I don't know. I mean, you gotta put you gotta say at least like like 750 pounds. Yeah. Allegedly well over 400 pounds, I would say. He's just he's so huge. He's I love the rock. As did so many. There, my neighbor actually had a poster of him in her bedroom, and I was like, "You watch wrestling?" She's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what the Rock brings. Well said, Des. But 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 his uh, but his um, his promo was uh, his interview. His promo was real good. Yeah, this raw like, like every like, and it's just and it's just Vince's Rock like, um. He doesn't. He doesn't care about anybody. He, he, he all Rock cares about is the Rock. He doesn't care about. Oh, everyone's like, oh, the McMahon family is dysfunctional. Like the Rock doesn't care about the McMahon saga. The Rock wipes a monkey's ass with the McMahon saga or whatever he said. It was just there was a monkey's was ass. Amazing. There. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. It was hilarious. It was good. It was oh hilarious. Yeah, he's great. And, and is you know like I like Rock is. Like the Rock is my favorite as far as Mike skills. Like Rock is pro the Rock is my favorite. Jericho's great, but the Rock is just he was saying wild shit back then. Some shit, uh, some shit he said back then didn't age well. He was saying some fucked up shit sometimes. But uh, 
Yep. It was just, but it was just so, it just uh, those moments back then, like, oh, my, it was hilarious. He would make up phrases and things, and they would be just become household terms. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's how, that's how popular he was. And I, I, I do want to mention, like, Jake, you brought up a good point about him talking about, like, I don't care about the McMahon family drama. I feel like he and Austin protected their characters always. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't as scripted and everything. But I feel like now that with like all the scripting and stuff, like sometimes like things get said that don't really, or people or actions are done that don't really make sense for that. What, whatever the story is behind that character up until that point. But now that's just, okay, they have to do it. But back then they had a little more freedom and the rock and especially the rock and like Austin. And I guess to a point maybe triple H they made the stories make sense because they stayed true to who they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Everything else was just help happening around them, but they could still play. If there, if there ever was a turn or anything like that, they would build up to it rather than just like, well, raw this way. And then I guess the showdown or SmackDown, I'm going to be a, a showdowns. I miss those. Uh, SmackDown is going to be something completely different. Uh, and then maybe back to how it was on Raw the next week. Yeah. So I completely agree with what you said. Like, this right here, like, they're all giving an inkling of, you know, he could turn because he never let that go. So that's great. That's a really great observation. Um, also really great was Malenko and Saturn. I forgot how good Dan Perry Saturn was. God, I love watching Malenko wrestle. He's my favorite. That dude, that dude is so smooth when he when he does his chain wrestling. It's incredible, man. And he's just built like a brick, man. But he can really just—he's very nimble. For mm. yeah. Malenko is my favorite wrestler when I started watching WCW, and this was just before, just before um, I had started catching a little bit more of the Saturday shows they were doing, and then like about that time. Uh, Nitro started coming on, so you could see more. But yeah, Dean Malenko was hands down like the Ice Man. I love, yeah. I loved that character, and he would go out there and like wrestle like Ultimo Dragon or Rey Mysterio Jr. And those matches would make a pay per view good. That single match would make the pay per view like a high, a grade, like you know, a higher level. Uh, I mean, it was they were just so he was so good. Dean Malenko was so underrated, and he's doing great things with AEW now. So. Um, nice. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was. That's, I, that's nice. I like to hear that from you. I love the Hardy Boys. Love them. Yeah. So you, you were a full Team Extreme fan then. Of course, of course. And um, I just love how they come out looking like muscle bound raver rejects. I love what they're doing now. I just love them. They're great. I will say, yeah, the Hardy Boys, like, I remembered, like, a few of their, like, early matches when they were, like, before they were taken on, like, by, by Doc Hendricks or P.S. Hayes or whatever, whatever he's going by at the time. But he kind of changed their image and became a legitimate team. Mm-hmm. I, I remembered, like, they, because they, Edge and Christian were on commentary during this match. Mm-hmm. And they brought up, like, we, and they showed, like, some clips from a previous interview between the two teams that had become, fa- they had become famous from that ladder match they had. And they're going to have another one with the Dudley boys. But 
the rivalry is really between the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. They have like the Edge and Christian on commentary, and they bring up like, "Yeah, you were you were wearing a, they were wearing plaid or checkerboard tights or something." And I think one of them had a magnifying glass or something. It was like they were playing like we are the Hardy Boys from the books that nobody in this generation's ever read. <laughs> Your name's Hardy. Oh, you solve mystery. You solve mysteries now. It's mm, good shit. I love them. No, I, I think that it's a great example of just get, uh, changing someone's perce- like look and like, but giving it a little bit of reasoning. That's by adding like the famous tag team wrestler Michael P. S. Hayes to their corner. Now they're badasses, and then mm-hmm. just letting them go. And like, man, those guys—they are an amazing team. They're doing great things now. I was thinking when I was watching the Hardy Boys in this match, I was thinking about how I don't think we would have the Young Bucks if we didn't, if the Hardy Boys weren't like as, as great and allowed to be as creative as they wanted to be. I feel like that that is what let us have other great brothers and tag team matches, tag teams like the Young Bucks. I think that's a, I've never thought about that, but I think that's a hell of a point. I like that a lot. I I think that, uh, you can definitely have a lot of comparisons between the two. So yeah, yeah, and I'm all favorable because I love them. I love them all. I just I was like, because I haven't watched. I mean, this is 20 years ago. I I don't go back that far very often. So watching, I was just like, God, they're great. God, this is great. I'm so glad they had all the freedom to be who they were. And gosh, this is why we have the young bucks. This is great. This is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I want to bring up one other key point about this. It's because it was a key moment in history that kind of gets overlooked. This is, I think, the first time that Edge and Christian were doing commentary. And in some of their podcast or uh, interviews, they've talked about it. They were supposed to break up uh, around this time, but they didn't really feel that they should. So they were going to get like, well, I think, well, I think the latter match at WrestleMania um, maybe it was going to be like a like kind of like one of the, the last tag team matches they did, but they were really against it. And they, they, once they got on commentary and Vince, like listened to them kind of go back and forth and be like bad guys. Cause up until this point, they were doing this thing with the Hardys where it was like, we both mutually respect each other. And we're just these young guys who had a great match and people like us, but we have, you know, no, you know, there was no real story. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they let them kind of play the bad guy role, uh, Vince really liked it. And so soon they're the tag, tag team champions. And now we have this iconic long lasting tag team of Edge and Christian, but it mm-hmm. almost never was like, if they hadn't done commentary this night, it may have never happened. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I don't think they were originally supposed to win. Well, I'm not, I'm just not going to spoil WrestleMania. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it. So yeah, they when they win the tag team championships at WrestleMania that year, I, I don't think that was originally planned. It was changed after this commentary and this this interaction. Oh wow, I like that. I like that when people get discovered when they get like you know, like kind of like uh, piggybacking on what Tess said. Like during this era when people were allowed a little more freedom to create, I love these stories of oh finding your niche and then you know, really embracing a character or, you know, this as a tag team and, and growing it from there. Like you got Austin 316, you got The Rock talking in third person. Like when people discover their thing and it, and it grows and just expands. Like I think at this point, the only person who invents things is uh, Jericho. 
on a consistent basis. He goes out there, he's like, I'm going to do the list. Yeah, he, he's a good writer for himself. But some of these guys, they're just going off the cuff, and I think they work better that way, you know, depending yeah. on the creative process. Like, some people need to write. Some people need to rip. And I love the ripping stories. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, speaking of somebody who can – well, I don't think he riffed early on, and this is really early in his career, but Kurt Angle is in our next match. And as a fan, I really thought that maybe he, the WWF thought he was going to be like a good guy and be popular for being a good guy, like a super, here's some cookies and milk good guy. But I, but coming to find out, like their original plan was like, no, he's going to get booed out of the building by saying these things. And like, so the, they actually did plan that out, unlike so many things that happen now. But Kurt Angle as this, I don't know, clueless the villain that he, but he thinks he's a good guy. I, this is my favorite Kurt Angle. Yes. It's like that, what he says in this interview, this particular, on this particular oh, it's, show, it's brutal. It's brutal. But like the way he says it, and it's, I mean, like at the time, like nobody cared it was forgivable because it's like the way he's saying it. And it's just like, what? It's true. It's true. It's a conspiracy against your Olympic champion. And I don't like it. I do not like it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, what would you say? I mean, oh, how would God. they ever expect oh. a character like a, a goody two shoes to get over during the attitude era? You I know. know. You, you've, cultivated a culture that's so anti what the Hulk Hogan era was that why would a Hulk Hogan S type character work? You know, you, you, you spoil the field. You can't grow that crop here, you know? Well, see, and that's the thing though. He was like, they actually planned for him to get booed. They were expecting him to be yeah. a boo, but they, okay. but angle didn't see it. He's like, no, they're going to cheer me. And like Vince, and Vince was like, no, no, they're going to hate you. And he's like, why okay. do they hate me for saying these things? It's like, it's the way you say it, you know? Oh, I, I always thought that they thought it was going to work. So that was, I did like, that's too. what was confusing to me. Like, I did Because when he first came out, he was – I don't think they wrote his – huh? I, I don't think they wrote his stuff to be comedic at first. But, yeah, this particular, like, uh, promo, you can tell. Because his, his delivery is so heavy-handed. It's a little too much, actually. Like – you know, respect the intelligence of the audience a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think now Angle Angle has been around long, just long enough that he gets it. I mean, he got it really quickly, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I always thought I was with you, Bob. I mean, like I said, I thought that they were expecting him to get cheered, but come to find out in oh. you know recent interviews and things like, no, 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 the plan always was he's going to get booed out of the damn building. Yeah. Even though if he didn't understand it yet, it said when he, because he, uh, in interviews, he said he, when he first started and they were telling him what he's going to be saying, he's like, oh, they're going to love me. They like, no, no, they're going to hate you. What do you mean? Why would they hate me? Just go out there and say it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but then the, you can tell, like, uh, like, at this point, like, Angle's got it. And he's like, oh, they hate me. So I can just go say whatever I want to and they're going to hate me. And, Man, it's he is just fantastic, and he has the two belts, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, and he's taking on Kane, the Paul Bear. Go ahead, Des. Oh, I just, I just love Kane. He's so scary. 
He's just, this is like my favorite iteration of Kane. Although I love corporate Kane. Um, oh. Mayor Knox County, baby. The ridiculousness of it. But he's just so scary. And, and like seeing Paul Bear, like also that nostalgic, like, oh gosh, look how young and alive he was. And um, <laughs> like solid like the cane i love and fear you know yeah i know I, I love the monster cane like and like when he was wearing like the suit and the mask this is before oh, you know so good uh yeah but I, yeah, this is a great pairing. I, and I, I have to, and like Paul Bear, actually, it's a good point. I have to take back a previous statement from an earlier podcast where a good guy manager never works. Case in point, the exception that proves my rule is Paul Bear because he was a manager when The Undertaker was a good guy and a bad guy and a good guy. Yeah. Um, same thing with Kane, and it, and it worked. But I, I don't know if that's just because the, the character he played, is that that's why it worked. But in other cases, like I never see like a good guy and manager really working but yeah uh but kane was great in this match and it just made me think about you know he's the devil's favorite demon he's tess's favorite demon he just he's doing everything right a t-shirt tess's favorite demon have a, yeah. little, have, have a little cane mask on the side there uh the other one could be devil's favorite demon and cool daddy <laughs> 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 that's a that's a pairing I would love to I'd see. I'd buy that one. I'd I'd watch it as a sitcom. <laughs> Devil's favorite demon versus cool and cool daddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, another sitcom like pairing though was Head Cheese, which is Al Snow and Steve Blackman. A relatively new tag team. Head Cheese. The, the interview they have backstage. Like if I had, I'd watched, I watched WrestleMania uh, before I watched this Raw. Now WrestleMania makes a lot more sense. Oh. So there's some foreshadowing in the little backstage interview with Al Snow and Steve Blackman, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, this tag team, I thought uh, they have a, they have a rivalry with uh, TNA, which is Test Albert and Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. It's a pun and a former wrestling company's name based on the same pun. And an opportunity to objectify Trish Stratus. Oh. Which is yeah. the tagline for the Attitude Era. Yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trish seemed to like it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I never really thought about it, but like I just remember like thinking as a kid at that time, it's like, oh my God, she is so pretty. Oh my God, she is so pretty. Oh my God, she is so pretty. Oh, there was wrestling. Oh my God, she is so pretty. Oh my God, she is so pretty. <laughs> Trish Stratus is great. She looks like a million dollars also. I just, it always makes me sad. And I, and we can say it was the time and that's fine. I get it. It was 2000. But like, she also has so much more than body, 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 body. I don't know. It, it's like a waste for her to just be a valet. I don't know. And Jerry, the King Lawler, just, he's like, yeah. He grosses me out. I don't know. No. Whatever. Yeah. No. No. I, no. It's, no. I, I appreciate the the female perspective on that because we joke about like the law, like Jerry Lawler's like sounds he makes when like women are out there just like, ah. I know. Cool. But 
it's a uh, at this time Trish Stratus had just started with the company. Uh, she was still training. She would go on to become one of the most iconic women wrestlers of all time, and really, uh, I mean, just prove her worth. I guess you know, main yes. event Raw and everything. It was the first main event of Raw by women with her and Lita. At this time, though, she I don't think she had any in ring ability or any training really so there's no reason i mean there was no reason to have they just put her on tv immediately because she was you know a famous canadian uh i think a sports model or something of course um but i think she did i think i thought she did a good job as the, as a valet character sure but she would go on but like you said though she there was a whole lot more worth there and right. they obviously would have, if they didn't see it then they definitely did eventually but right i guess it's just that it brings up this this it makes me feel a little sad that like that's it she had to look like that to in order to get the opportunity to do really cool stuff when think about all of the potential in female wrestlers who maybe weren't as gorgeous or something i don't know but i mean i know this this podcast is the place for that but you know no you you got a place for that Exact place for this. Well, I mean, we, 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 we talk about every we talk about everything in wrestling. So yeah, there's a place yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. At the at the but at, at the I mean, at the risk of at the risk of sound like a perv though. Um, uh, um <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't know, but seriously, I didn't really. Uh, like when I saw like the the divas back then, like come out, like I really didn't like. Get excited! Ooh, like tits and ass. I really didn't do that because um, at that point, like um, I was all I I had discovered porn, <laughs> so um, I didn't really uh give a shit. It's like well, all right, you know, I ain't, you ain't gonna see nothing. Like, calm the fuck down. All my friends were like, got excited. Like, oh my god, tits and ass. Like, just calm down, man. Like, it's a yeah, it's a woman. Calm down. But like, I didn't get excited. But that was only because I was watching porn at the time. So. <laughs> I just got report. So yeah, um, I don't know if that you were interested at all. in the wrestling because you you weren't worried about your boner. It, that's legit. Yeah, yeah I was. You know? <laughs> I was a lot more mature than my friends. There you go. Uh-huh. I did not. I did not objectify women in wrestling. I did it in porn. <laughs> I can be petty too. I was making fun of Prince Albert's facial hair. You know, like. Right. You know, it's not. It's not like I. It's not like I can't just like be, like silly about it but ain't ain't prince albert uh like a, a penis piercing. ring or some shit like that a pre- it's penis it's piercing type of piercing piercing through your penis. oh yeah uh yeah yeah all the, all the piercings and they, his name was prince albert um then they came yeah. albert and so, tens we've been watching a lot of wrestling while we're doing this these podcasts and what's what i what i like about it is you know, we started in the 80s, and it's almost like watching a time capsule of what was entertaining, what was acceptable, what was funny, you know, the type of humor. I, I don't think someone, calling someone Prince Albert right now would be funny. Like, like you know, it's, it seems childish. Uh, I mean, if you, watch, if you watch the product now compared to what it used to be, mm-hmm. a lot of big differences. Like, we were talking about just the way they treat women and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. don't see a lot of like blatant sexualization of females you know it's 
if, if someone wants to play a sexy role, it's because it's their choice rather than... And they're usually a wrestler, like playing a sexy character as yeah. opposed to just a valet, which I, which I think is great. Yeah, so I mean, this is interesting. Like, I, I, so I do like these conversations because, like, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. So mm-hmm. I think I think we should have this conversation while we watch good old wrestling. But what but what do you think about like the? I'll, I hate to get off rails again, but what do you think about the point Chris Jericho brought up in the um, dark side of the ring, which when he was talking about a uh, woman and um, that like. Like that, that 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 character in wrestling is kind of like a loss, like a loss, like a it's a loss. Uh, I don't know. Art. It's it's lo- a, a lost art in wrestling. Like it's lost character in wrestling. Like what y'all think about that? I feel like it's a tired trope to leave behind. Like I like I like I said. I feel like when we see women in WWE now, it, they're less just like sexy valets to distract so their heel wrestler can get a move in or something. And I feel like that's good because the more the women are being focused on is as actual amazing wrestlers like Asuka and, and the Becky Lynch and you know Charlotte, all of it. And I think that that's so important that we can just see women as equals again like china had this edge that like other women weren't given for whatever reason was it because she was seven feet tall probably i don't know um was it because she dated triple h i don't i don't know and i don't know that that's here or there but like lost art tired trope we don't need it anymore it's been played out it's 2020 it's even 10 years ago it was played out and tired we there are so many amazing athletic capable talented amazing women who have so much to do i'm so glad that like calling them divas is also sort of behind us because they're they're also superstars they put their bodies through it exactly like the male wrestlers do so i'm just glad that they're getting so much more legitimacy and and they can be silly, sexy characters too. I'm not saying you can't play that up. They can, and they're deciding to. It's great. I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of glad Bellas aren't wrestling. Anymore. I will. I will. I'll. I'll, cha- I'll challenge on this point. Thank you. Um, Interrupt me. No, no, no. You good? I'm sorry. There, like, woman. I think what they're talking about with Jericho and woman, and woman specifically was in this time and that era, there was a lot of managers in wrestling. And some, it's something that I miss. I miss managers um, like Bobby Heenan and Paul, e, like Paul um, Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously, Jim Cornette. All these guys were, the, I, they were iconic. And woman was on the same level as them. She did the talking for the wrestlers. Okay. She managed like, like she was, a valet, but she was also like when she first started with like in the, like, the Florida, but in WCW, she was like the equivalent of a manager. Okay. And I, I think that aspect of it, I think is a lost art. And I, I miss that. Cause like you would see her come on and she would have some dude standing behind her who just didn't talk, didn't say anything. And she would talk about how this is her man and he's going to whip so-and-so's ass because she says so. Okay. And like, well, she's you know like, who did a fantastic job of that now. Uh, her name is something I might. Alistair Black's wife, uh, Elena Del Vega. She does a fantastic job. 
she comes out there. She she's not just a a, a prop. She actually serves the match, and when she does get in, involved, she is an ass kicker. But she also is a great manager because she's bilingual, so she she gets to be the mouthpiece for for you know some of the Latino wrestlers who who whose English is a second language. So you know sometimes when when that's a, a, a I don't know when that I don't want to say a problem, but it's some it's a hurdle for for some people who come over from you know other countries and stuff like that because part of it is selling the character and you know having a language barrier can be difficult. Mm-hmm. They they had an issue with Shinze Nakamura uh, for for a minute, but now they found like his niche. Uh, same with Asuka, you know they they were trying to make her speak English when she wasn't comfortable doing it. So I think she works now uh, speaking Japanese and doing her thing and like, wow, what a great character. And, and yeah. now that they allow that, but in the meantime, for, um, for, for her stable that she does, like she's the mouthpiece, she's powerful, she's strong. She's like a strong businesswoman. No, not that's, just, that's what her original role was. She was the business uh, consultant of, um, um, what, uh, Sienna Almas. Yeah. And uh, like she came in and she did, she like told him like basically he would get out of the ring when he was flustered and she would tell him what the fuck to do, you know. You're and right, what, Alex, and I probably missed the mark on that. And I don't, I wasn't really super familiar with woman as like a as a character, but you're right in a lot of levels there. Like managers help create amazing stories and characters, and they help define them. And you're right. I don't feel like there is a ton of that There's not. and i'd like to see more of it it's just just, ma- just like managing the ballet in general. Doesn't, yeah right? the valet stuff is played out and boring to me this isn't no, i'm with you i'm with no, you yeah a valet and a manager There's only one valet that she right. worshipped miss elizabeth and and she was treated like a goddess you know yeah, yeah. miss elizabeth worked like but i mean like I mean, well, like the, stop that. So why even try? You know that that that's it's done. It's done. I mean, the ballet is done. You got to bring something to the table. You can't. I mean, yeah. have somebody walk out there unless I mean, be, unless you were like some kind of bad guy and he was just he always just had a new girlfriend or something and it would be like the god. I don't know. Uh, we'll get to that. But but yeah, I don't think the ballet is going to work anymore unless it was a female wrestler with a male ballet. Okay. I just would. I just want it to be interesting. I, you know, and that's what I think any of that kind of lacks for me, but you're right. A manager is, can add so much. And, um, and I guess I, I didn't really understand like the character and depth of woman either. Just not, I wasn't super familiar before. Um, but yeah, I would like to see some managers, male, female for whatever. It'd be great. They add a lot. I miss it, you know, because it, 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 ever since like they, they, they gave up the kayfabe, it kind of just went away uh, because it was like the managers took care of the money and handled all this. But now that everybody knows that they already have their own money and they all do their own contract. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but I mean, actors have them and they know where the money goes there. So what the mm-hmm. fuck? You know? <laughs> um, next up, we got Bull Buchanan and the Big Boss Man, the two uh, uh... bad cops. Uh, bo- and the, the and the women and the women of ju- objectification doesn't stop. I know, got the whole train. God, 
Okay, but I, I'm sorry. I laughed my ass off when the APA was out there fighting these cops, and then the Godfather and D'Lo came down, paid the APA to leave so they could get in the ring and whip, uh, get in the fight with the uh, with, with Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan because they didn't like him. Like I love like the rivalry. I just I thought it was funny. I just unexpected. The referee just lets it go. Teddy Long don't give it. Yeah, shit. it was crazy. <laughs> oh, that was Teddy Long. That was Man. Teddy. Teddy's the best yeah, referee Teddy of the time. Yeah, it was PJ. But 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 yeah, you know, even though like you know, even though it was like cringeworthy, like uh, listening to uh, 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 Jerry King Lawler, you know, like comment on the women. Jr. did say the funniest shit during this thing. What did he like, say? Like uh, he when um, there was one of the, one of the. I don't want to say hoes, but one of them had like huge, like huge tits. Yes, she was and, wearing a white dress. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Jerry King Lawler's like, uh, yeah, let's see those T's. And uh, JR is like, oh, those are capital T's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> and, it, and it's, and it's I funny. I totally miss that because I was watching this. <laughs> No, it's just funny because it's Jr. Jr. usually don't do shit like that, and it, it just right. him saying that, and it's so like, and it's so dorky. Like I can hear like Steve Urkel saying some shit like that. So, you know what I'm saying? No, no. So if, yeah. if Jericho <laughs> is cool, had Jr.'s funny uncle, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but I probably missed that because I was watching this, and Natalie, my girlfriend, doesn't watch wrestling at all. She doesn't watch this with me. She she doesn't really care. So I don't I don't I don't make her watch it. Uh, but she just happened to walk in the room while that was going on. Hey, nurse, and then be like, whoa! And then to walk back out. <laughs> She's like, uh, she don't get it. <laughs> I ain't oh uh, I think Amber walked in <laughs> during that time too, and she says, "You watch a lot." I- I was watching some some comedy on uh, Kentucky Fried Movie on oh, yeah. Amazon, and Plastic. she walked in right at the very end, like the like the, it's like the one nude scene like, where the people are having sex, and like the news team on like in the mm-hmm. TV can like see them, and they're like all crowding yeah. in there watching. And so she walks in like at that moment, she's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" And then she walks in again when when this is happening on wrestling, and she's like, "You watch a lot of bad television." Just <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> like. Uh, I mean, like ninety percent of it's not this. Uh, oh, that's oh, my life. But uh, up next we have X Pot taking on Devon for no reason. They're two bad guys. <laughs> Wait, before that. Oh, what happened? I'm sorry. There was that weird, that weird scene with um, where Fabulous Moolah. Oh, was oh, there TV? Yeah, yeah, and May Young came in, and it was strange. They were trying to take each other's clothes off, and I really didn't. I that was totally out of context for me. I was like, "Wait, what is happening? What's happening?" Okay, so there was a building rivalry between the cat and Terry Runnels, um, formerly known as uh, was Miss Alexandra York. She was a, a manager in WCW in the early crazy early 80s or late 80s early 90s of wcw 
then she was the gold dust manager. Now she's just on her own. She, when cat- she was like married to gold dust at one point, right? Yeah, she was. She yeah, she was married to gold dust. Um, or Dustin Runnels. She was. Um, so now she's on her own. Like Dustin's gone, but uh, but he's still with the company at the time. So this GTV is one of like the the mysteries of wrestling. It's this thing that happened. Much like the anonymous general manager, and then it all of a sudden it just stopped, and you never found out what the fuck it was about. Okay. It was. I think the original plan was it was supposed to be like Goldust was going to make a return, and it was like Goldust because he had the movie fetish thing, and it kind of would have tied in with the character, and it was like his secret little cameras. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, like uh, his own little, I don't know, movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, this is this would happen. Yeah. This would happen like every Raw for like our Smack our Smackdowns. Like every couple of and like they would have like clips of people in the bathroom. Like there was one where Mark Henry went to the went to the bathroom and there was like all these fart machine noises and then like D'Lo came in and started throwing up. It was so weird. I it was out of context for me. I was like, I have no idea what is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. But. At WrestleMania, you would have a uh, fabulous moolah with Terry and Terry's corner, and um, May Young in the Cat's corner. And all I can think about during this segment is while they were uploading all this content into the streaming, it was somebody's job to go through all the laws and and smudge out old ladies' butts. <laughs> oh God! Because it was appropriate in two thousand, no longer it's appropriate in two thousand twenty. <laughs> I love Fabulous Moolah. But anyway, yes. Then we went on to X-Pac and, and Road Dog and the Dudley Boys. <laughs> yeah, which is two two bad guy teams, two villains in this this match. It just, I guess, they they just wanted to have the Dudleys on, I guess, to help promote their match. Um, love them. Yeah. Um, Dudleys are amazing. Devon is a badass. I, I mean, X-Pac was great, too. I just didn't understand why they were doing two villains. Yeah, it was weird. Weird. It just felt like all this was so they came through a table. And when you think of tables, you think of the Dudley boys. So it was an easy setup, you know? Yeah. Get the table set up, get them out of there, give Xbox the, the advantage going into WrestleMania. That's all I'm like. My only note I took was I wrote that 3D on Kane, and then he broke a table. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's like a pop up video like comment. I like that. <laughs> Then he broke the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we finally get to the main, all right. Let's just let's, let's go ahead and get to it. We get to the main event. Uh, it's hold on one second. Pause. All right, we're on to the main event finally, and we got. It's it's gotten confusing. It started off with The Rock against The Big Show, and then The Rock versus The Big Show and Shane, then The Rock versus The Big Show and Shane, and Vince McMahon's on The Rock's team, but The Rock doesn't care. Then Triple H is the guest referee, but Linda McMahon doesn't want to be left out, so Mick Foley is also the guest referee. So we have two referees in a mixed ta- or in a tag team match with two wrestlers and two non-wrestlers. And it was entertaining. Yeah. What I noticed was, and again, I don't know if it's just because it was so long ago. Every other match was so short. 
and kind of chaotic, but of course they're trying to squeeze it all in before WrestleMania set everything up. Um, and then it was like, it was just so this could go on and on and on. <laughs> Which is fine. And you know, The Rock is just, he's, he's so great. It was great to watch him come in and really stir it up. Big Show was looking great, but, yeah. but come on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the the crowd wanted to see Vince get his hands on Shane, which they got yes. to see a little bit of. Um, I, I mean, the match was good. It's it's, but they, it, the two referees just threw me off because you see these two guys who don't like each other. They're both referees, and I, I don't. There was it, it. You could tell at times that it was like, so we just made this shit up at the last minute, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Like, if, yeah. and I guess maybe that in the on, on the TV show story, it was made up at the last minute, so they played the roles perfectly. Sure. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if 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 someone said it, but I wrote down Triple H knows Mick Foley can't count to five. <laughs> Did one of the commentators say that? Yeah. <laughs> that? That sounds like something Jerry would say. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something the King would say. That's great. And I think I also it's where it's where me and the audience disagree a lot. That's who I am. I don't want to watch Vince wrestle Shane. I just don't want to see that. It plays into the whole point from the the thesis statement, the very beginning of the show. They're the most dysfunctional family on television. Now let's watch the father wrestle the son. That is just not for me. I don't want to see Shane hit those steel steps. So part of it just made me think, oh, Vince, stop, you embarrassing old man. But I know the audience, like, ate it up so that's right. where at the time you know, it was like yeah it was really popular but like i'm I'm with you i didn't like i wanted to see austin get his hands on vince that one time and then he did but after that you know i did notice that like when vince is playing like a baby face he's trying to be a good guy he keeps the sweatshirt on oh. but when he's a bad guy he takes the sweatshirt off and he's like all oiled up and jacked up you know uh, <laughs> that's a is, good catch which is which is just interesting. He's not going to take that sweatshirt off, is he? No, nah, he's supposed to be a good guy. That's why he's trying to look like a helpless old man. Um, <laughs> if that's his version of the Ric Flair blue and red trunks. I get it. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, at the time, you know, it's it's hard to go back for some of these and compare at the time because we know how the story plays out, or we 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 saw it before, but the first time it maybe it was better. At the same time, like I remember not giving a shit about this main event going into it, um, like the WrestleMania main event. Like I didn't know who's going to win, but I was more interested in seeing Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys. I was more interested yeah. in seeing Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Kurt Angle have a match. Yeah, I, I wasn't really uh, like we the main, you was talking about the WrestleMania main event. Yeah, you talking about this? Yeah, I wasn't um. I wasn't too excited about the rest, the WrestleMania come, um, the the WrestleMania, the upcoming WrestleMania's main event. I wasn't too excited about that one either. Um, it was just, uh, I mean, I mean, we could talk about it when we get there, though. But right. I wasn't I mean, either. <laughs> you look at this Raw man; they were trying hard. They were yeah. trying hard to get it over. Um, and I, and it, it was just too much. It was just too many motherfuckers involved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but. It was too much. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't. And 
Tess, I'm with you. I didn't want to uh, really see them go at it too. I was like, yeah, I ain't want to see that shit. No. But um, but until the next year's WrestleMania, that kind of changed my mind. Like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Okay, that, okay but, yeah, that yeah, one was good. Yeah, yeah that one. Was yeah, good. yeah, but but the but <laughs> this one on the Raw, but this Raw, nah, fuck, fuck mm-hmm. these two, no, not yeah, at all. Chicken, but it, yeah, it it's weird because I feel like the McMahon family characters are the only characters that like their background stories are always like in that book of concrete shit that did happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like Stephanie, like the whole reason Stephanie's a bad guy now is because like a year and a half earlier, Vince was part of the corporate ministry secretively when she got abducted. So he was in charge of that. And she was like, I Don't can't even get me started on that nonsense. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's crazy. But like, but like all that stuff keeps playing in these characters and they still continue to this day. Like everything that's ever happened like to these characters still is like what we brought up. Like, I don't think there's any other characters, maybe the undertaker, but like most of the characters, like there's at least two or three things that we can just forget about, but not with the McMahon family, by God, their history is like in a documented book somewhere in, in Titan sports headquarters where we have to go back and check and reference everything. But I digress. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, well, let me ask overall, since we're at the end. How'd you guys feel? Did you guys enjoy watching this? Was it a rough watch? Like, if you give it a grade A through F, what would you give it? I'd give it a B. Yeah, I was going to say B+. Plus. Aside from like the anachronisms and stuff that should be left in 2000 and some objectification and improper use of R words from Kurt. Oh, and, geez. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. <laughs> the, and the McMahon family nonsense I don't care about. Aside from that, it was action packed. So many appearances, trying to cram it all in to set it up for WrestleMania, but some people doing some stuff I really liked watching. So, B. Plus. Yeah, I give it a B plus. I give it a B plus yeah, as well. Especially when you um, get the, that team match in there, man. Woo, so good. And I was, uh, you know, I, when I and I when I was actually watching, I was getting excited all over again because um, the the WrestleMania this was leading up to this was like the this was the first WrestleMania I like ever ordered. Like you know what I'm saying? Like not. A, not the first one I saw, but the first one I ever ordered. And I actually had like a party for it too. Like, Aww. you know what I'm saying? So I remember that. Then yeah. it wasn't that wholesome. I charged people five dollars. <laughs> Everybody did, man. I charge I charged my friends five bucks too whenever they came. Yeah. Home. Yeah, you know, you, you had to pay for five bucks. Yeah. You had to pay for the pay-per-view and the pizza, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pizza you know, five yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah. Still do that now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still do that. Yes, <laughs> uh, by the way, you're invited to the annual Royal Rumble party next January. Well, thank you. We do some gambling. We eat some pizza. It's pretty fun. All right. Um, and on that note, uh, Tess, I, don't, I, do, I know everything's kind of shut down right now, but um, any other podcasts you want to recommend to the viewing, uh, listening audience, I guess? Oh, my gosh. I wish I had um, something... Uh, uh to say right now no i'm so sorry i'm i'm flat out of recommendations at this time no promotions at this time either 
All righty then. Bob, Jake? Uh, no. <laughs> Unless you want to watch me uh, clean the house from the street, then that's about it. <laughs> no shows. Fantastic. No, no. Check out the uh, Planet Ant uh, YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? Check that out. They oh, doing yeah. stuff. That's you know what I'm saying? Rack. Yeah. I will they say doing that stuff I was... every oh. night. Oh, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, I'm saying they doing stuff every... Uh, they're doing something every night, so yeah, check that out. You know what I'm saying? I have heard some good things from Planet Ant. They're doing some uh improv jams and uh, uh, several like online events for anybody who's interested. And I was told recently that Go Comedy is going to try to come out with some online content as well in the near future. Mm -hmm. So, stay tuned mm. for that. And until next time, guys, Tess, thank you so much for being here. And thank we look. And we're going to have you one more time, aren't we? For WrestleMania 2000, you got to stick around now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for everybody here, my name is Alex Ketchum. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. Tess, you in? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Tess Hannah. Hi. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll be going with the leg. Hold up now. Before you go, we here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at gabbermedia.com. See you guys next time.